A very happy New Year's Eve to you. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad you're along this Tuesday afternoon. It's ABC 10 Tuesday with John Michael Hoefling again. He's here because we're closed. The office is closed tomorrow for New Year's Day. So Mike is back from vacation, as am I. Mm-hmm. Two straight trips here now, Mike, that you haven't been here on a Wednesday. We appreciate you shifting your schedule, your calendar. Has it been three? Well, because Friday, and then I wasn't here at all. Like three and, weeks, two yeah, shows. Yeah, that's true, true. Either way, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, it was a good Christmas, man. I got a Batman toaster, which was pretty tight. Batman toaster? A toaster where when you put your bread in, it comes out with the Batman symbol on it. Like it's toasted the designs toasted onto the bread yes that's awesome thank you i thank didn't you. even know that where do you buy that i don't know my parents got it for 10 bucks it where would still you have the possibly how would you get know. that for the, 10 bucks you, you can do that with other things too like um i've seen ones for like nfl team logos and stuff like that which i think would be really absolutely cool. you could get one that has an espn thing on it yeah i could yeah that'd be perfect start your day off right avocado toast or something oh, with man. uh with espn logo on it how about that i didn't know they made custom toasters like yeah, that. they do. It's really wow. cool. And I wouldn't begin to know where you find them. <laughs> I got, Online, probably. I got socks for Christmas. I got Bombas. Yeah. Bombas socks for Ooh, Christmas. Well, and like someone that. asked me where you get those. I don't know. I don't know where you get them. Probably <laughs> online. Yeah. You can find anything online, man. Here, I'm going to look up ESPN toasters. <laughs> and we'll see I we, didn't we'll know see that this was a thing. thing. Um, okay, he's Googling it. But it, the, it, the, it it's weird because the very first thing I find is about Clay Thompson doing something with a toast, autographing a toaster. He autographed oh, a toaster, a... and the Warriors went twenty-eight and one after Clay Thompson autographed a toaster. They better do it again. Yeah, <laughs> they better do a lot of things. They're not even on pace for the first pick anymore, and that's upsetting <laughs> me. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, yeah, I would kind of like to get one of these toasters now. I don't know. I don't. I have a toaster and I don't ever use it. I probably would. I have I'd a toaster oven. Toast more. Oh, you do. Yeah, yeah. I have a toaster. I, I have like all the basic kitchen essentials. Like I have a George Foreman. I have a. I have a quesadilla maker for some reason. Mm. I have a pizzazz. You get a lot of use. What's out a of pizzazz? That. Oh, like, is that like? Does it make? What does it make? Like pizza. But oh, it can okay, make a lot gotcha, of other gotcha, stuff. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So like you can do other stuff on it. You know, like little sandwiches. You want to yeah, like, yeah, toast yeah, them yeah. up? What have yeah, you? Yeah. I tell you what, though, we have a lot to get to over the course of the next hour. We've got some NFL coaching news, what have you. we got some stuff to break down there. We'll mix and match some quarterbacks. Who could be on the move and a good fit elsewhere next season? The NFL playoffs right on the horizon. Plus, we've got, if NFL coaches were Tinder profiles, were dating profiles, who would be a good fit? Who would you swipe right on? All that and more. Do we get to make up their bios? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yes. yeah. We're coming up with okay. bios. We're being original with this. <laughs> First, though, I do want to plug this, and we've been doing this the last couple of days. Uh, we are having you vote, you the listeners vote, for the number one, best number one overall pick for each year this decade. We put the first five years up yesterday. Those polls have all gone final. The final five dropped this morning, so you can vote for the final five polls. Here are the results, though, Michael. Let me see if any of these surprise you. Who was the best number one overall pick of the major sports in 2010 between Sam Bradford, John Wall, Taylor Hall, and Bryce Harper? With uh, 65% of the vote, Bryce Harper. Oh, you guys! Bryce I can't Harper. believe you. I would have put Taylor Hall, probably. Would you? Yeah. 28% went to John Wall. Taylor Hall edged out Sam Bradford 4% to 3%, which is honestly pretty shocking. Yeah, Sam Bradford was 
nothing. <laughs> he was never anything. Uh, Taylor Hall was an MVP candidate. He won an MVP. He, didn't he win an MVP last year? I'm not sure if he won it. He was. He's he's an MVP candidate every mm-hmm. year. Bryce Harper had two good years, folks. <laughs> two good years. That's it. 2011, I kind of liked this group, but Kyrie Irving ran away with it. 64% of the vote. Garrett Cole got 28% for both Cam Newton and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'd probably put Garrett Cole. Would you? Yeah. He would have got your vote. 2012, Anthony Davis, 68% of the vote. None of these are really that close. You have Andrew Luck, 23%. Carlos Correa got just 6%. Someone voted for Nail Yakupov. He got Ooh, 3%. Nail Yakupov had one of the greatest shootout goals of all time. Yeah, but and he's then in the disappeared. KHL now. Yeah, and then disappeared. Um <laughs> Yeah, I probably would have voted. I definitely would have voted Anthony Davis there. 2013, we had a close race. Eric Fisher, who was drafted by the Chiefs. Remember him? Eric Fisher. Mm, left tackle. Got 38% of the vote, edged out Nathan McKinnon with 35. How did. That doesn't. No. How does he beat Nathan McKinnon? I don't agree with that. Anthony Bennett, 23%. No, okay. That's way too no, high. <laughs> no. That's just people who watch the NBA. And whoever Mark Apple is, apparently he was the. MLB's top overall draft pick. I can't wait to hear all the players like like Brady Aiken was supposed to be a huge thing. Oh, nobody voted for him in the 2014 poll. He was the first player to get no votes. Jadavian Clowney got 84% of the vote in 2014. I hope that the other two are not good in 2014. Who who are they? Andrew Wiggins got 12. Okay. Aaron Aaron Ekblad got 4. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll take that one. Jadavian Clowney. Uh, let's see. We've got the other five polls up there right now. It's actually a tight race right now for 2015 between Connor McDavid and Carl Anthony Towns. They should, Connor it McDavid shouldn't should, be a tight Connor race. Connor McDavid but should it run is. away with that. Right now, Ben Simmons is leading in the 2016 poll. Miles Garrett is a huge lead in 2017. 2018, maybe this is a little hometown favoritism, but Casey Mize has the early edge over over Baker Mayfield, DeAndre Ayton, and Rasmus Dalu. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that. And then 2019, Zion Williamson hasn't played a pro game, but right now he's got the lead. Yeah, it's just all the hype around him, man. <laughs> Tell you what, we are doing that. We're coming up with our best number one overall draft uh, pick team of the decade through the four major sports. Here's something else that we've been doing here throughout the course of the last few weeks and actually last few months. Our sports pen pick them. Now, the standings haven't changed because we didn't have a show last week. I didn't get to talk to any of you. We all just enjoyed the holidays. So we didn't do any picks for week 17. So this is where we are going into the playoffs. Jake Durant has the lead. He's at 54 and 26. I'm one game back at 53 and 27. Ryan is 50 and 30. Tyree's 49 and 31. Mike is 43 and 37. <laughs> I know, I know, but now we got to figure out a playoff system because I honestly don't know what the playoff system should be or like how we want to do this. If we want to wait it or if we want to say, I don't we, know. We could sort of do it like a March Madness thing if you wanted to do that where. Uh, we could all put together our brackets right now, and if you get a winner right in the first round, that's, let's say, two points, because it should be worth a little bit more than the uh, regular season. Okay. You get, uh, And then if you get the second round right, if you get the divisional rounds right, that's worth four points. And then okay. if you get the conference championship, uh, if you get the winner of the conference right, eight points. If you get the winner of the Super Bowl right, 16 points. Okay. All right. I like that. So then here's the thing. If we do that, like a point system... And we take it into a win-loss you add account. It, you add it to your win total. Do you 
can you subtract losses? I wonder. Ooh. We could you could either add wins or subtract losses. We go based on winning percentage. We could do that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way we should go. Okay. All right. So two points for the first round matchups for the wild card matchups coming up this weekend. So let's do it. Let's do it. We start yep. off with Buffalo at Houston. I think Houston takes this one. I have Buffalo. You have Buffalo. What, go what, makes Buffalo you, what makes you pick road. Buffalo? Houston has been wildly inconsistent, and that Buffalo defense is just so good. They've been something that's been slept on even when we've known that they're good. As long as Josh Allen doesn't trip over himself and just manages the game, I think Buffalo's going to be okay. I think Josh Allen will sort of crumble in this big situation. I think that he's still got a lot. Of, he, he reminds me of a young Brett Favre, and I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Brett Favre, but he's just wild he is reckless and he causes a lot of mistakes that probably could be avoided sometimes it works but as a gunslinger that's just the type of thing that happens with you so i think it's going to come down to a lot of deep balls to john brown maybe but i don't think that's going to work out in the long run how about the night game i should say the evening game on the afc side of things do we give the titans any shot to go into foxborough and win? i have the titans winning this you game. do now what makes you think that the Titans are arguably the hottest team in the NFL right now. Okay. They started off the season 2 and 5. All right. 9 and 7, 7 and 2. You know, the Patriots were 8 and 0 and they finished the season 2 and 4. Okay. Or, or 3 and 4. Or wait, 4 and 4. 4 and 4. There, four, you go. there we go. Sorry. Add up to that 16. was that was a lot of bad things. I knew they had four <laughs> losses, but yeah, they ended the season 4 and 4. They just don't have that same sort of thing. People are starting to realize the tendencies that Stephon Gilmore has. Mm-hmm. Stephon, so the game that Stephon Gilmore and Devin McCourty play, it's this thing. I was watching a lot of film on them over, the, over this past week. Because... Why? That's just what I do, man. <laughs> and they have a lot of trust between each other, Gilmore and McCourty. And what they love to do is... They love to take the deep route and play either side of the field. And you take a look at what John Brown was able to do. John Brown, one reception the whole game, but that one reception, 53 yards and a touchdown, right? Mm -hmm. So what was it on that play that got them the thing? Well, that got them the huge game. Well, Stephon Gilmore loves to play uh, leveraging outside when the wide receiver is uh, in tight uh, in the slot. So Gilmore lined up on the outside, as he normally does, and uh, McCourty was over the top. John Brown made one move to the outside, which is exactly where Gilmore is supposed to cover. So he started to cover that and knew that he had it. But it was exactly in that zone or in that spot where neither McCordy nor Gilmore knows who's going to take him. So that one move back, Gilmore all of a sudden thinks he's got him. McCordy thinks he's got him. McCordy thinks Gilmore's got him. And all of a sudden, John Brown's open over the top. So it's just a matter of playing that matchup, making sure you're finding that soft spot in the zone, which I know doesn't sound easy, but people have been able to figure it out. Good quarterbacks can figure it out. Good receivers can figure it out. Good coaches can figure it out. This is going to sound weird, but Brian Tannehill has been the fourth best quarterback in the league this year, in my opinion. So I I think that him and A.J. Brown is a legitimate connection. Yeah, they're going to miss Delaney Walker, but they can run the ball. They destroy time of possession, which I think that the Patriots' offense needs at this point in Tom Brady's career. So, I don't. I obviously, I think the Patriots' hype. The Patriots are the Alabama in this situation, mm-hmm. where we're looking at them and we're like, the Patriots can't lose. They just can't, right? But I think that the Titans are a more well-rounded team. They are hotter. They have nothing to lose, and I think that they're in for a pretty big upset. 
You make a great case. You make a compelling case. And the other thing is, Derrick Henry and the way that he's able to control the ground he's part game, of the, it's going to be cold. Time of possession it's going to yeah. be cold, and he's going to get a lot of touches. That being said, I can't see the Patriots losing back-to-back home I'm games. I'm totally at this cool point with that because I, I need. I'm totally cool with that, and it only makes sense because you're second place and I'm last. <laughs> How about on the NFC side of things? You've got Minnesota at New Orleans. First time they meet since the miracle. This time though, it's at the Superdome. Mm-hmm. I have New Orleans. Yeah, I have New Orleans. I just too. can't see Minnesota winning this game. Minnesota has a great roster, but I don't think that they're playing up to it as of right mm-hmm. now. I still think Adam Thielen is hobbled, and I don't think that, especially what percentage is Dalvin Cook going to be at, Alexander Madison, where's everybody going to be? So I don't know who's going to cover Michael Thomas. That secondary is just so, not even banged up as much as depleted. Xavier Rhodes is just not the lockdown corner he used to be. It'll probably be his last game in a Viking uniform. They just don't match up well. No. Yeah, Yeah. I have New Orleans. Yeah, Michael Thomas is going to run wild. How about the afternoon game in the NFC? You've got Seattle taking on Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Let's just move past that. Le- Seattle. Seattle. These will all be worth two points or two wins, two losses. You can either add two wins or subtract two losses. What if you get it wrong? Do you have to subtract two wins and mm-hmm. add two losses? No, you add, or two, add losses. two losses. I should say. So, so if you get a win. If you get a if you get a game oh, right, you add sense. two wins. If okay. you get a game wrong, you add two losses. You're right, that's a less complicated way to do it. You add two wins if you get it right. You add two losses if you get it wrong. That's a better way. Okay, to do but it. here's here's what you got to do. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's say I pick the Titans. Okay. Okay. Um, I, so I pick the Titans to beat New England. Now, if I pick the Titans, I'm not going to to beat uh, Baltimore. Then that's worth four. But like, let's say New England wins, and I. Uh, let's see. No, we'll just start over next week. All right, yeah, yeah. Let's not do a bracket style. All right, all right. I tell you what, we've got a lot more to get to. Let's talk quarterbacks, some guys who could be on the move when we come back on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along. John Michael Hoefling in studio with me. The final show of the decade. Final Sports Pen of the decade. By the way, if you missed our 2010s in review show that aired over the Christmas week, that is on demand on our ESPN-UP app. And you can get it by going to our website, ESPNUP.com. Reminder, we're closed tomorrow for the holiday, so we're going to pack today and tomorrow's show's worth into the next hour or so. We'll do it by talking some quarterbacks, what have you, because yesterday Bruce Arians so candidly said they could very well win without Jameis Winston. The Buccaneers could be a winning team with a different quarterback than Jameis Winston because yes he puts up crazy numbers lots of touchdowns lots of passing yards lots of interceptions as well as he joins a 30-30 club 30 TDs 30 picks in the same year he does so with a pick six you could not script it any better yeah what is it with coaches and just like not being PC with their team anymore Adam Mm -hmm. Gase had the same sort of thing with Le'Veon Bell did you see that Mm -hmm. that's crazy man (laughs) tell you what they uh (laughs) it's it's funny, but it's true in the same sense. You know, I love that kind of soundbite from a guy like Arians. But it makes you wonder if the Buccaneers do plan on moving on from Jameis Winston because it was announced a couple of weeks ago prior to their game against Houston in Week 16 that they were planning on bringing him back, Jameis back next year. And he proceeded to throw four interceptions and then had the pick six to 
walk off against Atlanta. So will they actually bring him back? What kind of speculation is there as far as could there be a new quarterback in Tampa Bay? And I think there are going to be a lot of names that are out there as new quarterbacks. And I think a lot of them are, I think this year we're going to see more veterans move around and find new teams than we are guys coming out of the draft. Yeah, that's probably going to be the case. Um, what do we determine as veterans? Um, I'm thinking guys who've been in the league, who've had some kind of success elsewhere. Okay. I wouldn't say Jameis is quite veteran. Would you say Mariota is a veteran? No, but he's a guy that will be looking for a new team next year. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking guys like him, Cam Newton, Eli Manning. I'm not ready to say Tom Brady yet. Derek Carr, I'm not ready to say. Mitch Trubisky, okay, They the Bears did say that he is their starting quarterback going forward. But keep in mind, the Cardinals said that about Josh Rosen just a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's just the politically correct thing to say right now. It doesn't mean a thing when you're getting set for the for the upcoming season around draft time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Trubisky's really going to be the guy in Chicago. If they get a chance to get Cam Newton, I think they're going to do it. The, the, they get a chance to get a lot of people. I think, well, is Ryan Tannehill still under contract? No. I think, uh, it'll expire after this year. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be the hottest commodity. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And top he's going to get big all money from in, Tennessee to top stay. Top 10 all-time in completion percentage in yards per, per completion. You know what? The thing is, people wouldn't guess it by just looking at him. He's fast. Yeah, he's, he's fast. got good speed. He's, he's deceptively fast. He uh, is. This is always the thing I said about Alex Smith, and that's the case with Ryan Tannehill. But <laughs> Alex Smith was arguably the second fastest quarterback in the league mm-hmm. in terms of straight line speed when he was healthy, behind only Marcus Mariota. Now Mariota's gone, and Ryan Tannehill might be the fastest straight line speed quarterback, not named Lamar Jackson. So he might be, no joke, when I say this, I'm being real. You take a look at that, he might be faster than Russell Wilson. He might be faster than a lot of people. He might be faster than Josh Allen. Like It's weird to think about, yeah. but he is deceptively fast. Mm-hmm. A few other guys that could be on the move next year looking for new homes. I don't know what the decision is between Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles. I, I don't know if either of them are going to come back next year I think to Jacksonville. J- I th- well, I think Gardner Minshew is going to... St- I don't it, know. They tough. may be looking in the draft. Gar- okay, you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? You're the second most forgettable franchise in the NFL, right? Sure. Yeah. What did Gardner Minshew do to you guys? Made you relevant. Yeah, you need to keep Minshew around. They should. I absolutely agree they should. I don't know if they're going to, though. But then it's the whole... Uh, well, yeah. So they need to keep Minshew around. Absolutely. That's... No doubt in my mind, you have to keep him around. I feel Nick bad Foles, for him. you just paid him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's like if the Niners got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. if the Vikings and Cousins. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to do so. So I don't think either of them are on the move as bad as it sounds. Stay. I think they're both really? going to stay. Mm-hmm. How about a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick? Does is there a place for him next year? Because it won't be in Miami. There, there's always a place for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He will. He'll always stay around. Ryan Fitzpatrick will play till he's ninety. He will always hang around. He might outlast Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He might. How about this though? Let me give you an interesting scenario. Try to picture a guy in a different uniform that is tough to do so. What if Philip Rivers goes to Tampa Bay and you partner him with Bruce Arians? It, that would work. It works wonderfully. He's pretty much got Jameis Winston, except just older and slower. Well, yeah, and more accurate. A little more accurate. Less turnover prone. No, I'm pretty, still pretty turnover prone. <laughs> Less turnover prone. Okay. <laughs> There's, it's hard to find anybody who is more turnover prone than Jameis as a quarterback. Yeah, but you could say that this year, Philip Rivers was the AFC version of Jameis Winston. Mm, I don't know if there is a comparable guy for Jameis. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe you can make that argument. Well, who would the Chargers be looking at then? They'll be looking younger. I honestly think they should give Tyrod Taylor a shot. Yeah, I, th- I really I do. I think they could too. I think Tyrod, you know, he Jalen Ramsey said he was better than people gave him credit for. Mm-hmm. Which, and he is. And he doesn't turn the ball over. No, he doesn't. He's one of the best ball security quarterbacks. The last time we saw him as a starter outside of Cleveland, he took a team to the playoffs, a team that didn't have a lot of talent over in Buffalo around him. How many quarterbacks does Washington have right now? Washington has got Keenum. They've got Haskins. Technically, they still have Alex Smith. I know. Technically. 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 Yeah. No, come on. Give, um, give him credit. Okay, what about what about a guy like Joe Flacco? Because it looks like Drew Locke will be the guy in Denver next year. Yeah, Drew Locke will probably be the guy. I think Carolina should give Will Greer more of a chance. There you go. Um, I think Will Greer and Kyle Allen could really just hold the fort down for another year. It's a tough division. I mm-hmm. mean, Atlanta really came on strong. I think Atlanta has one of the best rosters in the league. So I think they have to notice that they're not winning a championship anytime soon. So maybe just sort of flush out, build your team. What was what else was Carolina bad at? You know, you can build your secondary, you can build your wide receiver core for a year, and then focus on the quarterback if Will Greer or Kyle Allen doesn't pan out. I do believe that Derek Carr will be the starting quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders next year, but... Should he not be, who would be a good fit there with Gruden? Mm, with Gruden? Anybody come to mind? I think Jameis Winston. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why is that? I, well, one, I think that uh, just the first thing that comes to mind is John Gruden in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. It's just some sort of connection. But also, Jameis has a lot of good tools. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows he sees it. But he's a little prone to mistakes and mm. whatnot. So I think somebody with a lot of history behind them, a lot of knowledge of the game, uh, could really benef- uh, benefit. And also a good tight end, because the best thing at avoiding turnovers is using the middle of the field in close proximity, and the best tool to do so is a tight end. Yeah, but so he had that this year. Who did he have? He had Cameron Bray, oh, O.J. Great. Howard. Wow, phenomenal. I mean, those are two pretty good tight ends. You know who's better? Darren Waller. Yeah, but they're, he's not that much better than those two. I think he, I think he's still pretty good. He I think, is very good. I, I, I've said Bruce Arians is a great quarterback coach, and I think he absolutely lifted Jameis Winston to his next level. But I think Jameis Winston going over to a John Gruden system, a system where it's a brand-new area, It's a. I think that that's more of a... Uh, city also that fits his play style, it's sort mm. of like the whole gambling aspect of it. It just it just works well. All right, I think it's a city that I, I have no stats to back this up, <laughs> but <laughs> I think that it would just be a good storyline. I think that John Gruden and him would work pretty well together as a pair. I think their play styles are very similar. I mean, I th- I know that John Gruden is focused more on the run, which I think in a Jameis Winston offense uh, led by him should focus on. So mm-hmm. I think that could work. All right, all right. I can give you that. Plus Darren Waller. Plus you have Darren Waller. You know what? You were asking me about an AFC comparison to Jameis Winston. I have an NFC comparison, kind of, Daniel Jones, because he, okay. he could put up good offensive numbers. I mean, Danny Dimes put up uh, a giant record for rookie touchdown passes, and the Giants have had some pretty good quarterbacks throughout their history, Mm -hmm. and Jones sets that record playing in just 12 games this year, but he turns the ball over way too much. Not the way Winston does, but you can almost patent him with fumbling the ball at least twice in the game, losing at least one. He turns the ball over way too much despite the good offensive numbers he puts up. Oh, well, okay, that is pretty good. That's kind of where I yeah. I compare Jones and Winston. Well, except Winston gets a couple dubs every now and again. <laughs> every once in a while, yes. I tell you what, though. How about Eli Manning? 
Does he have a place in the NFL next year? Uh, he has a place next to Peyton on the All-State bus. On the All-State bus. <laughs> I, we know it's not going to be with the New York Giants next year. I don't know where it would be, and I know he's not going to take a back. He'll if, retire before he takes a back. If you refuse to play for a team so you can play for New York, <laughs> you've lived a good career. You have won two <laughs> Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. Just let it go at this point. You don't want to play anywhere else. We all know because you made a huge fuss about it. So just let it go. Let the career end. Let the, get your money from rap videos with Peyton now. <laughs> <laughs> rap videos with they me. have a rap video apparently they do they do that he's got a lot of good videos uh rapping with peyton flip cup with daniel jones mm-hmm. how about pittsburgh let's talk about them because who knows what ben roethlisberger is gonna look like next year coming off injury at 38 years old he comes off injuries every other yes season. but have you seen him lately like he just he's never really looked like he's in great shape even though he is he just kind of looks sloppy now Great. So, haven't been out of football this long. I mean, there are a lot of people that just look out of shape at quarterback and whatnot. But, yeah, but anyone that, like Ben Roethlisberger? Ben, ben Roethlisberger still puts up stats. He, he is does, not, but he, will he now? Okay, so here's the thing. We can, we can take a look at this two ways. We can take a look at will he, or we can take a look at he has and he just got hurt. Until I think your Hall of Fame level quarterback has shown that he cannot put up stats anymore, I think you got to stick with him. All right. All right. So you're going to stick with Roethlisberger yeah. going yeah. for All right. I respect it. Anywhere else that we could see a new quarterback next year? Anywhere else jump out to you? Um, we talked about Carolina. Yep. We talk, uh, we t- well, obviously Tennessee. We don't Tennessee, know. we don't know. I think they're going to re-sign Tannehill. I think you have to, no matter what he's asking They could for. try to re-sign Tannehill, but I think Tannehill should be the hottest commodity on the market. Should be. And just with what he's been able to do, with what he's been able to do when he's healthy, there are so many things. Like, okay. Would you take a risk on Tannehill at this point? Oh, yeah. yeah I'd take Tannehill, sure. He's been injured every single year, except this year. Mm-hmm. I'd do it. It's like taking a risk on Dalvin Cook. Like, I know, I know, but it, it paid off. Would you give him Kirk Cousins level money mm, for somebody, somebody who's years. he's made the playoffs twice, but yeah. he hasn't started a playoff game until this weekend? How big is my need for a quarterback? You're, mm, you're Tampa. I'm Tampa. Um, you have a quarterback coach. Yep. You have so you have great weapons on the outside. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably bargain, give him around like 85% of what he's asking for, and try to bargain down just a little bit. I wouldn't be as desperate as a place like Carolina. How about uh, Oakland Mm. or Las Vegas? I don't know. I don't know because they do like Derek Carr. You know, fun stat, through through a quarterback's first six seasons, Mm -hmm. Derek Carr has the second most losses of all time. You know who's first? David Carr. David Carr. How about his that? <laughs> oh, man. It's that family. That's great. I tell you what, though. Let's take our next time out. When we come back, let's talk a little NFL coaching, and we'll see if we're swiping right on anybody next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad you're along. Here's your Sports Center update. The Cincinnati Reds have agreed to a three-year deal with international outfielder Shogo Ayakama. The 31-year-old tore up the Japanese Professional League this season, hitting 301 with 116 home runs and 513 RBI. 
Meanwhile, the Twins well, signed Rich Hill and Homer Bailey today. Yeah, I was going to ask you about, about that. that. They swung and missed on all these top-tier pitchers, so they go after uh, half of the most country-name-sounding uh, battery. They split him and Tucker Barnhart up, and they go after a guy who got arrested with his wife last week coming off injury. So Yeah, but he's pretty good. Yeah, he's coming off injury, and he's not getting any younger. It worries me. I don't, I don't know, know. Man. I like those. Uh, we'll see. They, it could be worse. I'm glad they have somebody. Pittsburgh Penguins forward Jake Gensel underwent successful shoulder surgery this morning. He's expected to miss four to six months. Gensel suffered a nasty collision last night with his arm pinned against the boards after scoring a goal as Pittsburgh topped Ottawa. He was named to the All-Star game for the first time in his career just a few hours earlier. Aww. Ouch. Mm. And finally, Boston Celtics guard Jason Tatum told the Boston Globe that he believes he has the best hairline in the NBA. All right. What do you what do you what do you think of that? I don't take a look at people's hairlines. I, what a weird thing to say. It's weird. I would put 2012 Derrick Rose probably ahead of him. Really? Or you know, definitely not LeBron James. Definitely not him. No, not LeBron James, not Anthony Davis. Maybe Paul George. Paul George. Is Maybe pretty, Paul he's George. got a pretty good hairline. He takes a lot of care into his hair, from what I've seen. How about Kyrie, like, he trusts his barber too. Uh, Kyrie is Kyrie's I mean, is pretty clean. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. clean. Yeah, okay. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad to have you along this Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're enjoying your New Year's Eve so far. So here's what we're going to do. We've got a lot of NFL, actually not a lot of NFL coaching vacancies, which is weird, but we've got a lot of guys that could be good candidates. So what I'm going to do here, Mike, I'm going to give you these candidates as dating profiles in a sense. Okay. You're going to tell me, do you swipe right, which for the folks at home, that means you like them, or do you swipe left, which means... Not interested. I'll gotcha. pass. Here's what we're looking at. It doesn't matter what team you are, just do you trust this coach? Former NFL head coach. We'll start with some guys who've been in the league before. They've got experience. They're experienced guys. Dennis, age 47. I don't know how many miles away New Orleans is. But Dennis Allen, the New Orleans Saints defensive coordinator, he's turned that defense into one of the best. He inherited one of the worst. He did have that stint in Oakland about not quite 10 years ago. He went 8-28 and 28 in three seasons as their head coach. They were extremely talent-starved then, but I wonder if this time as New Orleans defensive coordinator has helped turn things around, turn his philosophy around. Do you see Dennis Allen as somebody you would swipe right on? Mm, I would probably take a look at his profile. Yeah? I would probably go through the pictures and whatnot. All but right. His bio is going to be something along the lines of, Got a lot of good players and made something out of it, which means if he inherits a talented roster, he could do something with it. So, is there a talented roster spot that is there a talented team that needs a new head coach? And yes, there are two: Cleveland and Dallas. Yeah. So, I think either of those teams would swipe right, but any other team, eh, they'll look somewhere else. How about Jim? Age 64, Jim Caldwell, formerly coached the Lions from Swiping 2014 right. to 17. Swiping I like right. him. I like him a lot. All right. Went 36 and 28, two playoff appearances in Detroit. I yep. think, think they'd love to have him back. If you can do that, yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Mike is swiping right on Jim Caldwell. How about Leslie, age 60? Leslie Frazier, the former Vikings head coach. He went 21, 32, and 1 with one playoff trip as the Vikings coach about 10 years ago. Now he's the Bills' defensive coordinator. He's overseeing a really good defensive unit. 
But Sean McDermott's got to get some credit for that. I think Sean McDermott gets most of the credit. I think that if you swipe right here, you're dating a second fiddle, something like Zach Taylor <laughs> that is going to happen. And we all know how Zach Taylor turned out with Cincinnati. So I'm going to swipe left. Swipe and left on Leslie Frazier. How about Marvin, age 61. Marvin Lewis, formerly with the Bengals for 16 years, went 131, 122, and 3. Went to the playoffs seven times, but never won a playoff game. After one year as a consultant with his friend Herm Edwards at Arizona State, he's ready to get back to the NFL. Yeah, I'm swiping left. Yeah. You know he can take you far. He's a summer fling. He's not somebody <laughs> you want to spend your life with. What's his bio? His bio is, hey, I can get you there, but I won't take you the farthest. <laughs> How about Mike, age 56? I like him already. Yep, a rare Super Bowl winning coach. Mike McCarthy, it didn't work out with the Packers. He, he does have the ability to work with a young quarterback, and there are certainly a few openings where that would apply. His bio is definitely, if you don't have an attitude, this might work out. <laughs> um, he needs to go to a team that lacks personality, or that has a personality that has a defined sort of uh, stance, or what's the word I'm looking for? Culture? Yeah, culture. They mm-hmm. have a defined culture, but it's not a toxic culture, so Cleveland wouldn't work. I think Dallas might work, and I think that um, Carolina would work. Okay. There are, no, there are no personalities in Carolina. How about Josh, age 43? He had that false start with Indianapolis, where Josh McDaniels took the job and then never coached a game and stayed with New England. He had the unsuccessful run with Denver, lasted two years, and went 11-17. and 17. Could he be a guy that someone would find attractive for a head coaching oh, job? Oh, a bunch of people could find him attractive. Do I find him attractive? Yeah. No. No. Uh, Patriots, Bel- Belichick assistants, Belichick coordinators never work out, almost never work out. Some you know, might do a thing or two, but his bio is going to be something along the lines of, hey, I know the right people, you think. You think I know the right people. My dad's super rich. Yeah, My, my dad, dad Bill is super rich. <laughs> my dad Bill is super rich. Yeah. So he's swiping left on Josh McDaniels. I'm swiping left on McDaniels. How about Raheem, age 43? Raheem Morris, he had that awful stint in Tampa about... 10 years ago when he went 17-31 and 31 as their head coach. But he was 32 when he was fired. He's since gone to Atlanta. He's learned how to be a much better defensive coach under Dan Quinn. And he's 10 years older, more mature, knows how to handle a locker room better. Would you give him another chance? Nope, I'm swiping left. Swiping left. I am not impressed with Atlanta's defense. He mm-hmm. has had good players, Robert Alford, Vic Beasley. Where have they gone? Zero. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't know how to maximize defensive talent because they've had talent on that defense but they haven't been able to do anything with it atlanta is constantly let go or atlanta is constantly let down by their defense so i don't think i don't think he should be any part of it how about todd age 56 from tampa defensive coordinator formerly head coach of the new york jets really good defensive mind but he struggled as a head coach mm-hmm. i might I'm more, inter- I'm more interested i'm more interested in todd bowles than i am with other defensive coordinators, I think that he has had success, or he's shown signs of greatness as the New York Jets head coach. I'd probably, I'd give him a shot. How about Gus, age 53, defensive coordinator out in L.A. with the Chargers, formerly head coach of the Jaguars? Yeah. Yeah? Eh. You would give Gus Bradley a shot? No. <laughs> would. It, it was an eh. <laughs> Why? I, yeah, honestly, just, just, what eh. is attractive about Gus Bradley is what I'm wondering. Uh, how about Bill Callahan? 
63 years old, interim coach of the Washington Redskins. We know he's not coming back to them, so could another team want him? He's been to a Super Bowl before, albeit that was almost 20 years ago now. Another team could want him, but not as a head coach. Right. Okay, I could see it. Uh, let's go through a few others here. Uh, Jack Del Rio right now is the front runner to be the defensive coordinator of Ron Rivera in Washington, but if not, how about Jack Del Rio and his hair? I like Jack Del Rio a lot. Uh, I mean, obviously I was in the Bay Area, so I got to see him full force, or I got to see him right in front of me for a long time, and he's very good at zone blitzes. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you know, his defense is lacking. I like the way he draws up his, I, I like the way he draws up his coverages, but he needs the right personnel to do it, and I'm not sure that Washington has the right personnel to do it. How about Jim, age 56, from Michigan? If he's not coming back to the oh. Wolverines next year, would you give oh. Jim a shot? You know my opinion. I know, I know. Yeah. I gotta ask, though. I, I know would, you'd swipe, but you'd super like him. I, I would swipe up on him, yeah. Super like. Super like. <laughs> Who else do we have here? Uh, Jay Gruden. No. Get, no. No. Not getting another shot. No. Mike Munchak. No. <laughs> Chuck Pagano. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. All right. There's worse options out there. Yeah. Uh, Chris Richard, Dallas Cowboys passing game coordinator. The Giants are reportedly going to interview him. No. <laughs> no. You're not going to work with that guy. Um, who else do we have out here? Steve Spagnola. Eh, I, yeah. think, I think he's a more noticeable face and whatnot. He's a little more reliable than other names you've said by far, but I, I, I'm not too trustworthy in him. Former interim coach of the Giants, and I mean, he has given credit for the job he's done midseason with the Chiefs mm -hmm. defense. Started yeah. molding them the right direction. How about Mike Pettin, formerly coach of the Cleveland Browns? <sighs> <laughs> Any coach of the Cleveland Browns, I'm just I'm just staying away from. <laughs> Pat Shermer, yeah, um, as another an, former uh, Cleveland Brown coach. Okay, as an OC, yeah, I do like him. I, I do too. like his offensive mind, but uh, I don't think he's right for a head he coach. He is a great game. great coordinator, but he struggled as a head coach. Here's the last one of uh, guys that have had experience as NFL head coaches, and this is weird because he's not fired. He's actually coaching in the playoffs this week. But I've heard two different analysts bring his name up today as a possible replacement for Jason Garrett in Dallas, and that's Mike Zimmer of the mm. Minnesota Vikings, which is weird because, you know, he still hasn't been extended. The Vikings went 10-6 and six this year. They're in the playoffs, and if their season does end this weekend, a lot of people are saying this might be a guy that the Cowboys would want to take a look at because of his ability to scheme a defense. They've got a lot of talent there. They spent a lot of money on that defense. And the Cowboys apparently do like their offensive coaches. This would allow for maybe a few offensive guys to stay in-house with them. Maybe. And I think that the offense... I mean, the offense was top five in the league in yardage and whatnot. Just mm -hmm. couldn't put the points on the board. So I don't think their offense is the problem. I think the problem is their play calling. So... Yeah, I could totally see that. And Mike Zimmer, obviously, with what he's been able to do, obviously he's had a lot of help. He's had a lot of good personnel. He's had a lot... A lot I mean, take a look at what that defense was and mm -hmm. the people on that team. And then take a look at their offense. It's probably the best offensive set in mm -hmm. the NFL in terms of just straight talent and personnel mm -hmm. and people. So, I mean... Yeah, you get you send them to another team. I imagine that the Dallas Cowboys would have the same sort of success that the Minnesota Vikings are currently have. And if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, that's well worth it. I tell you what, how about a few guys that have been in the NFL but have never been head coaches before? So these are your less experienced guys. You know, you're the you're the experienced guy in this scenario here. Okay. How about Eric, age fifty, from 
Kansas City. Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. I know how you love Andy Reid coaching mm-hmm. uh, prodigies, what have you. Mm-hmm. He has done a magnificent job with Pat Mahomes and that offense. If you're an Andy Reid coordinator, just an Andy Reid's coaching tree at all, you pretty much have on your bio that you do hot yoga. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the equivalent, and I'm just... All over that. Okay, yeah, I'll take him immediately. He had four interviews last year, and they were all really impressed with him, and he didn't get any of the jobs, so maybe he's kind of like somebody who's hurt, looking for the right fit. He's somebody who's way out of everybody's league, and he's just <laughs> waiting for the perfect opportunity. Dan, age 43, Dan Campbell, formerly was the interim head coach of the Miami Dolphins when Joe Philbin was fired, and I actually thought they probably should have kept him, and now he's on to New Orleans and he's an offensive assistant to Sean Payton. Would mm-hmm. you swipe right on Dan Campbell? I'd swipe right on Dan Campbell, too. It's worth taking a risk for somebody who went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater and then came back and really made a great team. I think they should be the two-seed. Everybody knows they're better than Green Bay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they do a lot of good things. Like, even in a year where Alvin Kamara wasn't exactly doing spectacular things like everyone expected, they still put up outrageous offensive numbers. So, yeah, I'd give him a shot. How about... This is a name that a lot of people don't know, but Matt Eberflus, he's the 49-year-old offensive, co- excuse me, defensive coordinator with Indianapolis, and the job that they've done scheming this year, he's a name that a lot of people don't know, but probably should. I think a lot of that has to do with the people they got, though. They really got a steal with Darius Leonard. They okay. really got a, a lot of good pieces. I think that that's more the personnel, not really the coaching, because you take a look at it. What stands out about their defensive play calling? They don't force turnovers. They don't really... They make tackles. That's what they do. But that's not a coaching thing. That's a people thing. So I'd probably swipe left on him. How about Greg from Baltimore, age 47? Greg Roman. You saw him in the Mm -hmm. Bay Area when he was Colin Kaepernick's offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator there. They went to the Super Bowl. And the job that he's done with Lamar Jackson this year, he is absolutely a viable commodity right now. Yeah, except guess what? He succeeded with Kaepernick. He succeeded with Jackson. I'm noticing a trend. So you need Mm -hmm. a... West Coast-style quarterback, and I'm not sure if there's any really teams out there right now other than maybe Dallas? Maybe. Dak Prescott? Uh, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't exactly fit the mold. You do need the right quarterback, but you draft a guy, maybe. I wonder if Jalen Hurts could fit into it. Oh, I'd like kind of like to see him and oh, Jalen Hurts. Tua could definitely fit into that. Yeah, I don't know if I want to draft Tua, though. <laughs> I just, I don't know. How about... Don Martindale, the Baltimore defensive coordinator. John Harbaugh might lose both of his coordinators this offseason. 56 years old. He has been a linebacker coach for a long time. The Giants are reportedly interested in him. And the thing with him is he has a great relationship with Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator at LSU, who has elevated Joe Burrow to Heisman caliber uh, to being the potential first overall pick this year. So it's basically a two-for-one. If you get Martindale, you're probably going to get Joe Brady to be his O.C., that's a pretty good mix. It's a really good mix. Yeah, it's like when it's like you having a dog on your profile. It's like you start <laughs> in, yeah, you get to pet the dog too. So I think um, <clears throat> I'd probably. I mean, obviously, I love John Harbaugh, and John Harbaugh is an Andy Reid prodigy. Mm-hmm. So it sort of translates down, right? Hopefully, it trickles down. Transitive property. Yeah, yeah, you know, math. math. Great, great stuff. And so I'd probably swipe right on him. How about? Ooh, you'll like this one. Robert Sala, hmm. age 40, defensive no, everybody coordinator needs for to swipe. Friends. No, everybody needs to swipe left on him. Nobody give him a chance. He, uh, Cleveland's yeah. already swiped right no, on no, no, him. No, 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 They're no, trying no, no. to interview no, him. No, 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 no. Nobody give him a chance. No, you should never, <laughs> nobody, zero, z- give him zero interviews. 
don't do anything with him. 49ers fan here in the studio doesn't want to lose his star <laughs> defensive architect. I tell you what, former Northern Michigan Wildcat, he could mm-hmm. be a head coach yeah. in the NFL next year. How about Brian, age 46, from Seattle? Brian Schottenheimer. He's been innovative with Russell Wilson here in his couple of years there. I don't know if he's ready for a head coaching job, but... How much of that is just Russell Wilson, though? Well, he's made him into a real MVP candidate this year. This year? I mean, he's helped elevate him, and it's only his second year there. I don't know. I like, I've always known that Russell Wilson was good and probably great, but we never were really sure what his ceiling was, right? And maybe he's just reaching his ceiling now because the, the prime for quarterbacks has just extended so much the last couple of years where it's gone to, like... You can be in your prime up till you're 35 ish now. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's just Russell Wilson reaching his ceiling in general. I think he'll be just as good without him. I probably I, I might I'd consider it, but I think it's too much of a risk for me to go with him. How about Arthur Smith, age 37? He's the Titans' offensive coordinator, and he's not as known as he should be. But I consider him one of the best offensive assistants in football. How much of that is Ryan Tannehill? How much of, of Ryan Tannehill, what he's done, has been Arthur Smith? Well, how much of Arthur Smith went into Marcus Mariota then? We could we could play that same game with the early part of the season where they were 2-5 and five and then just somehow squeaked into the playoffs. So, I don't know. You take a look at this entire season as a whole, like, yeah, he finished strong, but you, you have to take that early part of the season into account. Is it safe to say that the Titans, for the lack of talent, have overperformed, though, every year by getting to, like, Eight and eight, nine and seven, something like that. I don't like think that. they have a lack of talent, though. They do, really. On the offensive end, I thought they've always been lacking. I, 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 I just, I, I disagree. I think they have a very, very good running back. Obviously, now they, they do. do. <laughs> okay, but um, I think they have a good tight end, and they've had good weapons in the past. I mean, Eric Decker was there for a little bit. Um, I mean, okay, yeah. other than Eric Decker, not really anybody, but. Um, I don't know. Uh, on the defensive end, they've been fine in terms of talent. I tell you what, I want to keep on going with these, but uh, we are coming up on a break. So let's finish this off next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of today's show, get caught up on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple Live Store, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com and get the on-demand there. Tanner Hoops, John Michael, hopefully with you. Glad you're along. We are swiping left and right on potential NFL head coaches for next year. Micah got a few more here on this list, okay. including Kevin, age 37, from Minneapolis. Currently, Kevin Stefanski, the Vikings offensive coordinator, he interviewed with Cleveland last year. They actually called him back for a second interview before deciding on Freddie Kitchens. He has overseen Kirk Cousins in his most prolific year of his career, is that enough for you to swipe right on Kevin? Absolutely, because he also did wonders with Dalvin Cook. And I mm-hmm. I know a lot of that could be Dalvin Cook, but I think that the running back position is much more of an offensive coordinator's pride point than the quarterback is. I think the quarterback, mainly that's either the head coaching or, or the quarterback himself. But running back, that's game planning, and I really like that from an offensive coordinator. Let's see a few others that we have here on this list. Guys that are looking for their first shot as an NFL head coach. 
Joe Judge, the special teams coordinator for the Patriots, also coaches their wide receivers. He's 37 years old. Giants announced today that they're planning to interview him. Sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, obviously the pa- sure, the Patriots are like they had they've always had good special teams, mm-hmm. and you can attribute that to them. But it's a Belichick it's a Belichick guy. So, and I know people always love to take risks on them. So why not? Here's uh, one guy that his name isn't getting talked about enough, and I I'm really high on is Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. He was in Arizona, and he has turned into a really good offensive assistant coach. I don't think it's long before he gets his shot as a head coach. I don't think that he wants to go anywhere without Bruce Arians. Yeah? Yeah. Not yet? I mean, it's the same sort of... I I think you could wait a couple years and get the same sort of success from Byron Leftwich with Sam Bradford. I think Sam Bradford's going to be a great coach. Sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think Byron Leftwich has just sort of ridden off the coattail of Bruce Arians. You know I love Bruce Arians. So, I mean, you you could do that, but it's going to be hard to grab him, to snag him away. Mm-hmm. How about a few guys that could come up from the college ranks? We have Tony Elliott, offensive coordinator at Clemson, 40-year-old. I mean, that offense has been pretty darn good at Clemson, mm-hmm. but can you make the jump from college to the pros? Would you swipe right on Tony? Tony forty from South Carolina. I don't like, I don't like grabbing college college folk. No, college folk don't tend to work out immediately. You need a couple years as a coordinator or something like that. But to just grab them straight from college, it doesn't work out. At least right off the bat. So you're not swiping right on Urban fifty five from nope. Columbus. Any nope. college guy you say, I am not. I am not swiping right on. Not Dan forty seven from Florida. No nope. Gainesville, Florida. Nope. His team had a big win last night. Uh, I, I, I do not care. Uh, Lincoln Riley from Norman, Oklahoma. He's the only one. Um, He's 36. (laughs) He's the only one, but I would rather put him on the Rams. Put him on the Rams. Put him on the Rams as an offensive coordinator. Oh, he wouldn't take a coordinator job. It's too bad his last game at Oklahoma had to be that, though. I I think him with Jared Goff would be incredible. Really? Mm -hmm. Better than Sean McVay? Well, I think Sean McVay is great, but I think Zach Taylor was a big part of that, too. You take a look at their differences in between this year and last year, and I think Zach Taylor is just a really good quarterback's coach. So you need to get another quarterback mind, which Lincoln Riley is the best quarterback mind on the market right now. Put him in an offensive coordinator role, something where he doesn't have to focus too much on the entire team. He can just focus on the key components like Todd Gurley and Jared Goff. So I think that that would work wonders, but if you're saying Lincoln Riley won't take a coordinator job, then I'm swiping left. It's like putting an ultimatum on your bio. Here's a fun one for you. <laughs> David, 47 from Palo Alto. Could David Shaw leave Stanford for the NFL? He could. But, I, like, obviously I wouldn't. You wouldn't swipe right? No. Why? I, I mean, I love him at Stanford and whatnot. I think he's a good coach. But, like I've said, the jump from college to the NFL rarely ever pays dividends, at least early on. If you're a team like Cleveland, a team like Dallas, a team that wants to win right now, a team that has the opportunity to win right now with the rosters you have, you cannot afford to take a risk with a guy from college. You need a coordinator who's proven. Somebody from Andy Reid's coaching team, um, preferably. So, I, I just... I don't want to take a risk right now with any of those guys. I think a team that's in a rebuilding phase, like Carolina or a team like New York, could take a risk on him. But I don't think it. But if you're going to do that, don't expect wins in the first few seasons. So let me give you a team-specific scenario because you already said if you're Dallas, then you wouldn't swipe right on a college guy, even if that's Chris Peterson from Washington. Yeah. 
But if you're the New York Giants, where you're young, you've got some attractive pieces there, but you're certainly going through a rebuild, you would, because right now it looks like Matt Rule from Baylor is the leading candidate. When, when you're going through a slump, you're more likely to take risks to go to drop down a level or something like that just to get yourself back on your feet. So, if we're comparing this to Tinder still. So, it's like that sort of situation where, yeah, you can be willing to move in, in, in a certain direction just to get yourself moving, just to get the pieces flowing once again, but you shouldn't expect to feel good about it, at least for the very first little bit of it. It could grow into something eventually. You find out they're a great person. You find out that you have a lot of similar interests. You find out that, hey, guess what? We just click or something like that. And it could grow into it, but definitely for the first few seasons or for the first few months that you're dating, you're going to be like, is this really what I want? Because it's not really having success right now. I already like Matt Rule because he said he's not even going to interview with the Browns. <laughs> Matt knows. Yeah, he knows. I tell you what. Oh, yeah, would you swipe on Freddie? Freddie Kitchens anymore? No. No. Gosh, no. I don't think so. Let me give you one more name, though. I did not put this in. He should have been in the category of first-timers, guys who've been in the NFL, but it would be their first time as a head coach. Another 49er assistant, Mike LaFleur. Hmm. Mike LaFleur. And, yeah, that's Matt's brother. Yeah, it is. I think that he'd be willing to go to Green Bay as a specialist, but I think that a lot of their success has to do with Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala right now. Yeah, but it now. comes from that coaching tree. Oh, great. You're the, the, you're the coaching tree, I am dude. the coaching tree guy, but I'm only respectful of two coaching trees, and that is Andy Reid's and John Harbaugh's. Not Sean McVay's? No. Not Kyle Shanahan's? No. What has Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree done? Well, he hasn't really had a lot of time. Exactly. So we can't really say anything about that yet. And what has Sean McVay's coaching tree done? Coach the 1-15 Bengals? 2-14. 2-14. Okay, sorry. My apologies. Much better. (laughs) Um, So I don't don't trust it. I, I just don't. So I think that you need to put... I wouldn't hire him as a head coach. But you could put Mike anywhere else and see if that works out. But I I just think putting him in a situation to where he's going to fail or where he's projected to fail just wouldn't be a good look for him. It wouldn't be a good step for him, and I think he knows that. With that, we are out of time. That's it, man, our last show of the decade. It's it's mm. weird. The next time we're on air, it's going to be January. It'll be a new decade, 2020. Man, the 20s are here, but yeah. uh, I tell you what, New Year's is a fun holiday. You got a resolution? No. No? No, do you? Uh, probably. Probably? Yeah, probably. Something you're going to share? Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is yet. I know, I'm I just got, saying I'll probably have one. I'm going to have to come back on Thursday and figure out what my resolution is then. Gotcha. What are you doing, though, here over at ABC10 until we see you next? I don't know what we're doing. Like, there are a lot of things. So, like, my contract is coming up. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. And oh, stuff. no! Eh, we'll figure it out. Okay. So, but the, the, I don't have any huge projects on the horizon. Obviously, we're going to be trying to plan Thursday throwdowns and Monday minutes, but we'll see if those work out. It's tough to do Thursday throwdowns when there's three feet of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I tell you what, though. That's it for us here in ESPN-UP. Have a blessed and safe New Year. Be smart this evening. Oh, again, we're closed tomorrow, so Sports Pen resumes on Thursday. Until then, for John Michael Hoefling, I'm Tanner Hoops on ESPN-UP. WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.